From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. Carl Yucatil, the port director of the Port of Juneau, was a guest on Action Line. He says the budget this year is set to be approved for the upcoming fiscal year. Our docks and harbors, which are two separate enterprises, but we have a, a budget of about uh, $6.5 million between the two enterprises, the dock enterprise, which is cruise ship docks, and the harbor enterprise, which is our small boat harbors and, and launch ramps and other um, ancillary facilities that we maintain. So that should go fairly smoothly. In other business, he says an appraiser will brief the board on a new project. Another effort that we've got going, and that's to uh, uh, potentially sell some Tideland properties to uh, the company of Hanson Gress, which is at the bridge, and uh, they need to acquire some property to do some um, um, some repairs and some uh, renovations. So the, the Docks Harbors Board will be considering moving a, the process along um, to sell um, a certain amount, maybe about 5,000 square feet of property to Hanson Grass, which would allow them to better utilize the building that they, they currently are, is on. So that should be, that'll be an interesting discussion with my board and our appraiser. Yucatil also says work is underway at the Aurora Harbor to add another float. We've had some supply chain issues and some procurement issues with uh, uh, some long lead items, primarily with electrical systems, and uh, we are going to we're going to have a bid um, for that project in March. And so, hopefully, if everything goes um, smoothly, we'll have a, a contract in place, and we'll have a contractor on site late summer this year to, um, it'll be about a $4 million project. He says two other main floats remain to be built in the coming years. Yucatel also provided an update on the sunken tugboat Tagish, which sank at the National Guard dock on December 29th. The boat is owned by local resident Don Etheridge. The Coast Guard, Yucatel says, is overseeing the cleanup effort, and two local contractors have been hired to salvage the boat. They have hired a local contractor, John Molino, with Molino uh, Marine Services, and he has a subcontractor, Hamilton Construction. Um, They're out of uh, the North Lynn Canal area, I think uh, either Haines or Skagway. And they'll be mobilizing a a high-capacity lift barge and should be on scene here uh, later this week uh, to begin um, the salvage efforts. The Alaska Marine Highway Winter Ferry Main Line will begin service February 13th, says DOT Public Information Officer Sam Dapsovich. In the meantime, a local service for the Northern Panhandle is being provided by the Taslina, while the Leconte is offline for overhaul work. Right now, we have the Taslina operating in northern in the Northern Panhandle. Um, it's operating four days a week, providing service to between Juneau, Haines, Skagway, uh, Gustavus, Huna, and Angoon. And then for uh, Cake and Tenneke, we have uh, contracted um, service with uh, catamarans that are running out into those communities on a schedule. So people can book those trips on the FerryAlaska.com website. 
The Columbia will be replacing the Tustamina for winter service as it is overhauled. The winter service will begin providing a weekly circuit from southeast Alaska down to Bellingham. Also, public comments will be taken Friday and over the next couple of weeks for the summer ferry schedule. Dapsovich offers a glimpse at the anticipated service. This year we're going to be operating the Columbia and the Kennecott um, through southeast Alaska. Um, we are hoping to operate the Hubbard, which is a, a sister ship to the Taslina, and it uh, had a crew quarters project that just finished up. So if we can get that one, if we can get enough crew recruited to get that ship online, then we'll be shifting the Lacantes, uh schedule to provide more service to um, the smaller communities in the northern panhandle. AWARE's Board of Director announced the 2023 Women of Distinction honorees. They are Susan Bell, Jenny Brown, Larray Jones, and Catherine Wolfe. The ladies will be honored at the Elizabeth Parotrovich Hall on March 4th. The event features a no-host bar, catered dinner, dessert auction, and the opportunity for the honorees to share with guests about what inspires them. Proceeds benefit AWARE's Intervention and Prevention Services and adult and child survivors of sexual and domestic violence. Coming up on News of the North, a bogus court order is being investigated by law enforcement. A missing person has been identified in airport video that the Juneau police have been trying to find. And the roadless rule has been reinstated for the Tongass National Forest. Welcome back to News of the North. An announcement was made today that the roadless rule is going to be effectively restored this week. And on Friday, the rule will be noticed in the Federal Register, where it becomes official. Jazz Garrett has the details. Meredith Trainer, Executive Director of the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, spoke to News of the North about the roadless rule being reinstated today. She explained some of the key factors that moved this act forward. About a year and a half ago, the Biden administration announced that they had the intention to reinstate the national roadless rule. They ended up having a public process that was during the end of 21 into 2022 in order to seek public comment on that restoration of the rule. And so that process was a pretty heavy lift for organizations throughout Southeast Alaska, tribal organizations, conservation organizations that participated, local economic organizations the tourism industry all had a voice in this process. Of course, the fishing industry, because tourism and fishery are negatively impacted by logging. So all of those groups have been working for years now through that public process and through the previous process under the Trump administration to get to this outcome today. 9.3 million acres of the Tongass fall underneath the roadless rule. The roadless rule protects those undeveloped parts of the national forest from new logging and new roads for logging. It still allows utility corridors and needed access points, but it prevents additional logging from taking place. Trainer says this will protect all wildlife. The full gamut of species that are endemic to Southeast Alaska and that call Southeast Alaska home. So everything from deer, upon which so many of us rely for food, to bear, wolves, whole range of wildlife that we see on land is affected by this decision. But so so are salmon, so are the fish that need protected streams. This is a win for all wildlife in Southeast Alaska. She thinks others involved in pushing for the roadless rule. 
We want to just express our appreciation to tribes and tribal leaders throughout Southeast Alaska that really advocated for the restoration of the roadless rule and just demonstrated incredible leadership throughout this process. Trainer says SEAC is planning a community celebration. On the other hand, Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy said this decision is a huge loss for Alaskans. He said Alaskans deserve access to the resources that the Tongass provides, jobs and energy resources. In contrast to Trainer, he said the roadless rule is what negatively impacts tourism. News of the North is awaiting comment from multiple opposing parties. A missing person has been identified. Here's General Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. On January 23, 2023, at about 1.34 p.m., the Juneau Police Department received a missing persons report for 37-year-old Juneau resident Woodrow Farrell Eagleman. It was reported that Mr. Eagleman was last seen on January 11, 2023, between 7.30 a.m. and 8 a.m., leaving his residence on Thunder Mountain Road following an argument. Today, the Juneau Police Department confirmed that Mr. Eagleman obtained an airline ticket and flew out of Juneau on Thursday, January 12th. Surveillance received from the airport confirmed Mr. Eagleman entered the jetway for a flight on Alaska Airlines. Alaska Statewide Law Enforcement Agency is investigating after two troopers escorted one of Alaska's top school principals to a hospital for a mental health assessment based upon a bogus court order. A person called 911 claiming they had an order signed by a judge to commit Mary Phelps, who was a principal in Palmer. Troopers didn't commit her, but did escort her to the hospital. Days later, it was learned that the commitment order was not issued by any state court. Alaska State Troopers are now investigating their policies and procedures to make sure a similar incident doesn't happen again. Phelps says she's consulting legal counsel. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.